Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hit and run. Sundays, 9 a.m. to noon. And the pitch to Rizzo. Swing and a miss. Strike three. And that's out number two. So Amir Garrett strikes out Rizzo. And then he comes in kind of talking to Anthony. And uh, that's not going to go real well. Yeah. Now Garrett's yeah, still see, they're going to have an issue now. Yeah. Rizzo. I don't know what Garrett was doing. I really don't understand at all. Now now the Cubs come out of their dugout and the Reds come out of theirs. There's been no issue at all between the two teams that I've seen. And Garrett punches out Rizzo and starts screaming at him. I mean, I, I just really don't understand it. There's a, it makes no sense. Unless something else happened that I don't know about, this doesn't make any sense at all. And really, if you're the umpire, this is this is grounds to, to throw Garrett out of the game. It's time for Hit and Run with your host. Well, put Chris on for a minute. Suspenseful. Hey, good morning, everybody. Uh, I'm Chris Ranji, and I'm with you again today because Matt Spiegel, he's got Cubs duties. He's on the uh, the Cubs broadcast once again. It's going to be a fun afternoon for the Cubs and the Reds. It'll be interesting to see what happens today after what happened yesterday, especially if Amir Garrett gets back into the game. So good morning. It's it's good to see you or hear you or you hear me or whatever. We're all together. We're going to talk baseball today. We're going to talk dust-ups. We're going to talk uh, uh, kerfuffles and uh, disagreements and uh, near brawls. We're going we're gonna to talk conflict today because that's what it's been this week for both teams, for both the Cubs and the White Sox as uh, stuff happened. Some stuff happened yesterday, and there was some interesting stuff that happened earlier in the week with the White Sox as well. So good morning. Thank you for hanging out with me until 1135 today, and that's when the pregame show starts, when the Cubs will take on the Reds. Spiegel has the pregame show, so you're going to get to listen to that. And um, maybe the Cubs get another victory this afternoon. Here's the number to talk to us on Hit and Run today via text or phone call. You can let us hear your voice. 312-644-6767. As we broadcast live from the Score Hyundai Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. Guess who's on the show today? Just take a wild guess. Did you guess? Did you say it out loud? Michael Jordan. I didn't Jordan. hear you. It's not Michael Jordan. Damn. I don't know. Maybe? Maybe. I've been talking to him. Does, does he even have a house in the city anymore? Does he live in the area? No, it's for sale. If, if, if you yeah. go on Zillow, it's one of the most uh, expensive houses in the Chicago right. land area. And he's got right. the big so, 23 on the gate. So I didn't know if he downsized or if he just like left the area altogether. Do we know? I don't think he's living here. If okay. I had to take a guess, I don't know, though. Hmm. Where would he be? Carolina? Probably. That's where he okay. owns a team. And his mom's alive, yeah, I, I think, still. I guess that would make a lot of sense. Um, but anyway, yeah, I don't think Michael Jordan's going to be calling in. That would be something, though. If he, if if Jordan is sitting on the East Coast somewhere and every Sunday morning he listens to Hit and Run because he just can't get enough Chicago baseball. Maybe that's what he does. I'd, I, I can't say for sure. I can't say he's not doing it. 
Can't say he is. But take another guess. It's not quite Michael Jordan, but it's pretty close. It is Chris Tannehill and Herb Lawrence. They are the hosts of the Locked On Sox podcast, and that's the only place you've ever heard of them. You've never heard of them anywhere else, just the Locked On Sox podcast, which is really good. So, um, And also, by the way, Tannehill's the producer of the afternoon show. Herb's been producing at the score for, way before I started. He's been there forever. Uh, he's with Lawrence Holmes. And then uh, we are going to talk to Jordan Schusterman of Cespedes Family Barbecue. And that website, or well, the, the Twitter account, they're really good, by the way, on socials. If you're, if you're into baseball and you like to follow interesting accounts, that's one of the accounts that you need to, uh, to follow. And it is at Cespedes Barbecue. And what they're doing this year is they are highlighting, because we're getting close to the 20,000th Major League Baseball player in history. You know, that's how many people have played the game so far. They're upwards of uh, 19,970. I think that's how many players there have been. So at some point this year, the 20,000th player is probably going to make his Major League debut. And they have been highlighting every single uh, player in that countdown leading up to 20,000. It's kind of remarkable to think of it that way, that there have only been 20,000 in the history, like the entire 100-plus year history of Major League Baseball. There have only been 20,000 people that have done that job. That's just, it. it you, you never really think of it in terms like that, but when you, you have it laid out there for you, you realize how hard it is to get to that level. 20,000 in over 100 years of baseball, like what, 125, 150 years, whatever it is. It's like a, it feels like forever um, that there's been Major League Baseball and now we're only finally getting to 20,000. So we'll talk with Jordan about that and some other stuff. He uh, also, they, they have a nice podcast on The Ringer as well. So uh, a lot of good baseball today. And there was some interesting baseball this week. Both the Cubs and the Sox got wins this past week which was, uh, or I'm sorry, yesterday, uh, which was good. But I wanted to start the show today with um, what has been, well, what's happened. There, there were two different incidents that happened, and they involved both teams. Both of our teams in town, they got involved in uh, fracases. Is that right? Well, no punches were thrown, but there were heated moments on the field. There were there were some things that happened. Let's start first with the White Sox and what happened on Tuesday night as they are playing the Tigers. Top of the sixth inning, two outs. Miguel Cabrera is in the batter's box, and he's facing Lucas Giolito. And he hits a hard foul ball off to the left. Camera comes back to Cabrera, and you see him looking out toward the White Sox infield, and he just sort of waves his hand dismissively at somebody, and he, he mutters something under his breath. And if you saw it, you thought, well, what's, what, what was that all about? What, who was he talking to? What was he saying? There was a runner at second base at the moment, so keep that in mind. Here we are, two outs, top of the sixth, runner at second base, and you know when there is a runner at second base, um, pitchers and catchers will change up signs with that runner out at second base. There's the possibility that he's looking into the catcher to maybe see if he can steal a sign that he can pass on to the hitter. So usually the battery gets kind of, uh, you know, very defensive when there's a runner at second base because they don't want their signs to be stolen. Well, Miguel Cabrera, after the game, addressed what that was all about, why he was waving away somebody in the White Sox infield. Miguel, appreciate this a lot, man. Hola. Hola. Hey, um, that had to feel really good last night. That thing left your bat at 110 miles an hour, man. 94 mile an hour fastball. I still got it. Oh yeah, I never doubted it. Yeah, I still got it. <laughs> what, what, did, what did you say to Giolito uh, in your second at bat when you came back after the foul ball? No, it was a second base, man. Because oh. he, he tried to tell the catch and the pitcher we passed the side. I mean, come on, it's a yeah, don't play that game. Oh, you, they were you, gotta, you need to respect, you know, you need to respect. You don't need to like show up like me or somebody or the say or the running of second, like try to say we've we've passed the sign from second. Come on, get out of here. 
Oh man. As I knew that. Yeah, that's not right. That's not, that's right. not right. Yeah. They're, they're playing off AJ. They're, they're doing that because AJ's in the dugout. Uh, I don't care uh, what they're doing, but they need to stop that because we don't play the game. So that's why I, I say something to him right away. Yeah, I noticed they didn't say a whole lot back to you either. Yeah, everybody's <laughs> paranoid about all the stuff right now. But right. Yeah, they like over the limit, so they need to respect that because the next the next day, if they say that, the next day it's gonna like hit by pitch or something like that, and we don't play the game, so we respect the game. Got it. Perfect. That is Miguel Cabrera after the game on Tuesday, talking with a reporter who appears to be his best friend also. Yeah, that's not right. That's not, that's right. not right. Yeah. Those two those two are boys, the two oh, of them. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, you know what that sounded like? It sounded like when you had a tough day at work and you come home and you, you know, you tell your significant other, like, what happened? Like, oh, man, that's terrible. I can't believe that can't believe that happened to you. Yeah, he sucks. It's more like the new kid was being mean to him in school. Oh, man, I'm sorry, bud. Yeah, dude. Like, what? I, yeah, That's you'll, not you'll right. Be okay. You'll be okay. Um, I, I wonder if they, they hung out after the fact. <laughs> that was pretty damn funny. Um, I don't know who that reporter was, but somebody with um, Detroit Media who was, uh, you know, consoling his friend Miguel Cabrera. Um, but at any rate, Cabrera is talking about Nick Madrigal. And Madrigal must have said on the field, hey, they're, yeah, they're that's stealing not right. signs. That's not, that's right. not right, yeah. They're stealing signs. And, you know, be careful because this they're, they're, they're looking in and they're trying to get your signs and they're trying to relay the signs to each other. First of all, I don't know for a fact that that's what was happening. I have no idea. I don't know if that's how they roll or not. I, I don't know. I don't know that Miguel Cabrera needs that. He's he's one of the great right-handed hist- uh, hitters of the last 50 years. He's just, and, and really in baseball history, the dude is is just, he's fantastic. You know, and um, I, I remember back in what have been 07 now or 08, somewhere in that range, and the Sox wanted him, and they, they made a push for him, and uh, it didn't work out. But wouldn't it have been great? If he had ended up on the south side, would have loved it. Uh, but I don't know if that's what was happening on the field. And to be honest with you, um, I I don't care because that's that's one of the sign stealing things. And you heard the reporter, uh, Miguel's best friend, you heard him say, "Oh, they're probably doing it because AJ's in the dugout." And they're referring to AJ Hinch, who is with the Detroit Tigers now. And AJ Hinch, of course was the manager of the Houston Astros when the sign-stealing um, situation happened. And they're making the connection that that's what the Sox are doing, that they know AJ's in the dugout, therefore they must be cheating. But look, trying to pick up signs, if, if you're a runner at second base looking into the catcher and relaying it to the hitter, I, I have no problem with that. And, and it's been happening forever. And if you can do that in real time and relay that message, this isn't something... That's complicated, like um, the video room uh, is behind the dugout with their cameras uh, zeroed in, and then they have this elaborate system to notify the players on the field. Like, that's different than being a player in real time on the field and being able to relay something to a hitter in real time. Like, I, I have no problem with that. If you can do that, if you're that good that you can do that, great. You're not using technology to help yourself. So that doesn't bother me so much. I don't know what Madrigal did for sure. I don't know if that's what happened there, but Miguel Cabrera took exception to it, which I thought was really, the the whole thing was funny to me. And then uh, Cabrera, of course, had the benefit of talking to his uh, reporter pal after the game. But that wasn't all that happened. And maybe the most interesting thing to happen this past week happened yesterday but let's start first in 2017 in may of 2017 it is the cubs it is the reds it is amir garrett on the mound facing javier baez and now the one two baez drives one in the air deep center field back goes hamilton still going that is a grand slam a grand slam for javier baez cubs have broken it wide open and they lead seven to two so, no big deal. 
Baez hits a grand slam. He gets one off Amir Garrett, who happens to be uh, both players are emotional players. They they like to exhibit their emotions. They they've been doing it, and it's awesome. And I love it. I love the fact both of them like to celebrate. They when when they do something well, they like to demonstrate some kind of emotion. I think that's great. I think it's great that baseball is moving in that direction. Well, that's 2017. So you know how pitchers are. They get salty sometimes, a lot of times. And when you hit a grand slam off a dude, I don't think that pitcher ever forgets that. So let's go one year later to May of 2018. And the- Amir Garrett. Staring down by us. Take a look at this. There's some jawing going on here. took the huge swing on the fastball and I don't know if there was something said then but now all of a sudden things are starting to get a little hairy in that scrub down there and Al Mora is the one really trying to mix things up I'm really stunned how how quickly that erupted into a bench clearing situation I can't call it a brawl because there were no punches thrown but there's the reaction by Garrett. And Byers didn't like that. So Byers says something to Garrett. Garrett says something back. And pretty soon, both teams are beginning to have a little stare down. So in that situation, it was a top of the seventh situation. The Reds were up four to two in that game. So you're, I mean, you're still talking about a game moment. And Baez is at the plate. And Garrett basically struck him out and he just gave one of those woo things, you know, like just a shout of, of yes, I got this dude out. And Baez looked at him, kind of did the, you know, you do the thing with your hand, like when you're, you're mocking somebody who's, who's talking and you're like, keep talking, keep talking. He kind of did that at Garrett. And I think there was an M or an F that he might've thrown his way as well. And then that's when all of that started. Now, if you look at the video, of what's going on in the moment. Anthony Rizzo is in the middle of all of that, and he gets really upset. So I don't know what was said on the field in the moment, but he is fired up, and he's sort of going at Garrett. And there are there are people separating everybody, so it's just a one big mess. But you do remember, um, or you see, that Rizzo is is involved in this. And that was back in 2018, so keep that in mind. So let's go one year later, about a year and a half, to September of 2019. It is a tie game, 2-2 in the ninth inning, and there are two outs. All of the Cubs on the front, top step, leaning over the railing, watching with great intensity. The 1-2, a swing and a miss, strike three. Schwarber struck out by Amir Garrett. Schwarber said something to Garrett, who then ran off the field. Okay, now this is one of my favorite moments of 2019 in the baseball season when, and and I thought it was hilarious. You probably remember now thinking back a couple of years, about a year and a half now, um, but Garrett strikes out Schwarber. And so remember the teams have already had some history because of the previous season. And Garrett yells again, and he's yelling as he's walking off the field toward the dugout. He's not looking at Schwarber. He's not looking at the Cubs dugout. He's yelling to himself because he's gotten this big strikeout in a big moment. And Schwarber stops, turns and looks at him, and basically tells him, get back in the bleeping dugout. And he points to the dugout a couple of times. So you're talking about people who are upset in the moment, and then Schwarber addressed it after that game. Now, you know, I was frustrated, obviously. Uh, Got the best of me there, but... uh... You know, whatever it is, I've seen it too many times. Shouldn't reacted, so uh, you know, whatever. Yeah, that's not right. That's not, that's right. not right. Yeah. You know, uh, so that's. <laughs> I love that. Ex- I I cannot get past Cabrera talking with his uh, reporter friend. That's just <laughs> like, hey man, I'm oh, really man. sorry. That, I'm sorry that happened to you. Oh my God, that must have been really difficult for you. You want to get a beer? 
so let's fast forward now. Now, now you have the, the background. Now you know everything that's gone on between the two teams and Amir Garrett in the middle of all of it. So remember Rizzo, part of the thing, and then Schwarber was part of it, and Javier Baez. So remember all of those things. As we lead into yesterday's game, as the Cubs are taking on the Reds, and Garrett is in the game again. And the pitch to Rizzo, swing and a miss, strike three, and that's out number two. So Amir Garrett strikes out Rizzo, and then he comes in kind of talking to Anthony, and uh, that's not going to go real well. Yeah. Now Garrett's yeah, still see, they're going to have an issue now. Yeah. Rizzo. I don't know what Garrett was doing. I really don't understand at all. Now, now the Cubs come out of their dugout, and the Reds come out of theirs. There's been no issue at all between the two teams that I've seen, and Garrett punches out Rizzo and starts screaming at him. So that happened yesterday, and Javier Baez, after the game, still a bit fired up. You know, like 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 Rossi said, he, he you know he got a style. We 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 all get that, but I'm just not gonna let him or anyone. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast t-mobile has invested billions to light up america's largest 5g network from big cities to small towns including right here in yours and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. They respect my, my teammates or, or my team, you know. Um, it was not a, a big situation, you know. If... I, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try to 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 stay professional with this, but doesn't matter who 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 do it again. Like who, if somebody else do it again, we 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 will go out there again. Like it's, that's that's not that's not a problem. Like like I said, he he needs to respect the, the game. If if he don't respect the game, and, and if he don't respect us, then that's that's gonna happen because he's doing it to us. He's not doing it to to their teammate. He's not doing it to to pump their teammate. He's disrespecting us, and as long as he do it. Do it. We we will we will be there too. Javi, just to be was it was it the pounding of his chest or something he said or what part of the reaction? I really don't know. Like I don't know what what he got against Rizzo. You know, he he did it to me in the past. You know, like I say, I I like what he does. He he just got to do it to his team, not not to us, not to not to strike out, not not after strikeout because I hit I hit three homers against him. You know, and I didn't I didn't do anything to to show him up or his team. You know. And like, like I say, he, he can be six, seven, he can be 10 feet. And we're not afraid of that. We, we, we're here to play baseball and win games. We're not here to fight. We're not here to, to fight the other team. We, we, we're trying here to win the game and, and compete against the other team. And, and you know, 
I don't know what's what's going on over there, but whatever they say, you know, they're lying. They they don't even even their teammates are, are not on his side. They they know he's wrong, you know, and and it is what it is. He he wants to look at it like that, like he's right. Then fine, be 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 that guy, you know. Nobody nobody you know is gonna follow that. Dude, he called him a liar. Oh yes, this is this is what I live for. I love I love this stuff. This is so great. Look, I like and, and by the way, let me let me back up here just a moment. That at bat in in this latest incident was Rizzo in the batter's box. And remember, he kind of got involved a couple of years ago when the Cubs and Reds went at it and Garrett on the mound. All of these incidents have happened because Garrett, again, he's demonstrative. When he strikes somebody out in a big moment, he yells. And in the incident yesterday, not only did he yell, um, I, I think there was a there was some M's and there were some F's that came out of his mouth and he was looking right at Rizzo when he did it. And I would imagine that goes back to the incident from 2018 when the two of them were getting into it on the field. So there is some history. And it's and it's from now on, and, and I guess I do this anyway, whenever you see something like that and you think, whoa, where did that come from? Like two teams and a pitcher and a hitter go after each other like that. And and your first reaction is, what are they so mad about? Like what what it always think there must be some kind of history. And then if you want to take the time, go back and look at it. You know, go back and look for it. Um, because usually there's something there. It isn't just out of nowhere that everybody gets pissed off at each other. And and that's what happened yesterday. You had a moment where two people have had history with one another, and that was the powder keg. And Garrett with the spark of yelling directly at Rizzo, who didn't appear to be looking at him. He was walking off the field. But Baez saw it and he said, "Uh uh-uh, oh, hell no. We're not having that today, my friend. And then he jumps on the field and everything starts. Here's what I know about it. Sometimes baseball players can be just totally absurd and and kind of soft and um, take exception to stuff that really they shouldn't take exception to. And a lot of times it's the pitcher, if we're being honest. The pitcher's mad a guy hits a home run and, and that guy doesn't run around the bases as quickly as he was as, as he would like. And then he yells at the hitter for not running faster around the bases or whatever. You know, usually that's what happens. But uh, when it does happen, and now you've got a rivalry. Now, now it's more interesting. Every time the Cubs and the Reds play each other, it's going to be a lot more fun. And I, I, I like it. And I got to be honest with you, I like Amir Garrett, and he's having a terrible season so far, but he's been pretty good in the past. And I just, I like how he is. He's one of those guys that I think if he's on your team, you probably like it. And I don't know enough about him, what he's like in the clubhouse, you know, how his teammates view him or whatever, but just from watching him pitch, I, I find him to be entertaining. And I feel like if he's on your team, you probably like that as well. Cubs don't like it. And I look forward to the moments that he ends up pitching against them for the rest of the season, because that is great. Just as long as nobody gets hurt and lost for the season, that stuff is really great and so damn fun. And a lot of times it's really funny. At least I find humor in it. We're going to pause from Cubs talk for just a moment. Uh, Two of my favorite people on earth are going to be joining us next. They have a podcast It is a good podcast. It is about the White Sox, and they put out episodes almost every damn day. Chris Tannehill and Herb Lawrence both join us next. I'm Chris Ranji. This is Hit and Run on the score. The Cubs game live on your mobile device. Can you believe it? Yes. Magnifico. No matter where you live, just download the Odyssey app to stream all the action of the Cubs games right to your mobile device or smart speaker. It's a grand slam. That's how you do it. It's fast, easy, and free. Download the Odyssey app now. This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. Chicago Sports Station. Major League careers, Sox and Royals. Oh, Mercedes! Bring him a shrubbery! Wow! I'm on the mission for dime pieces and sexy ladies. Allow me to introduce it to my... Your team, Mercedes! Well, the White Sox are fun, aren't they? 
uh, that your mean Mercedes fella. He's also pretty fun. They won yesterday, and uh, you know what? I think things look pretty good. The Kansas City Royals are in first place. I'm sorry, but that that ain't gonna last all year. That run differential is not great, and I would imagine it's going to um, manifest itself in them moving out of first place. They are a game and a half in front of the White Sox as we speak here this morning on Hit and Run. I'm Chris Ranji, and joining us now to talk about the White Sox on the guest hotline brought to you by Alpamonte Nissan, Alpamonte Nissan in Melrose Park on North Avenue or APNissan.com. Um, I had to have them both on with me because they're both that good. I miss them. I haven't talked to them both at the same time in a long time. They are the hosts of the Locked On Sox podcast that you get every Monday through Friday after every single game. These two fellas get after it and they yell about Tony La Russa. Uh, that's that's the entire podcast. It is Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Gentlemen, hello. Hello, Chris Ranji. Hey, Ranch. I've been listening to you in this time slot since I was a kid, man, so it's great to be yeah. on. Oh, that's interesting because uh, this is my second time on. Um, oh, yeah. That's the joke, fired, you huh? jerk. It was a joke. <laughs> God, I miss you both. I really do. I miss I you. I wish face. I could see your faces every day. Uh, well, well, fellas, thank you for, for hanging out with me for a little bit. Um, I, I love your podcast. I love listening to the two of you. I think you're, you know what I think of you anyway. I, I love you both. So you could probably both do a podcast where you're just like, you pick a word and then you just repeat that word over and over again. Or, you know, like, like I am Groot. Like if that's, if that was your entire podcast for 45 minutes every day, I would still listen to it because I like you that much. Well, that may be the plan this week. Usually we do five shows a week, but with the two off days, we may have to do that for Thursday show. <laughs> oh, you're still putting out. Oh, that's right. You are. You're putting out shows even on off days. Yeah. So we like to zoom out a little bit on the off days and go over some of the, the numbers occasionally and, you know, to take your listener emails and, and voicemails, Chris. Yeah. I, well, I know interaction is what it's all about. Um, so let's let's start with with the team itself and. Um, I brought up the incident that happened earlier in the week, and I, I thought it was amusing more than I thought it was anything else. And that was the Miguel Cabrera and Nick Madrigal thing, whatever that was. And Cabrera taking exception to Madrigal, accusing them of sign stealing. Um, so we'll, we'll start with you, Chris, Mr. Uh, uh, Barrett Sports Media um, oh. uh, subject. Yeah. Uh, by, the way, by the way, Chris had a nice piece written about him in Barrett Sports Media, so you should go find that. It was about a week or two ago. So let's start with you, Chris. Uh, what 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 is happening there, and is it a big deal, or is it just funny like I think it is? Well, baseball beef and, and you know, baseball back and forth, especially in a, in a long season, like whatever you have to do to, to get your mental edge up in 162 games, I'm all for it, and that's on both sides. It was kind of weird, though, the way that whole thing transpired because Herb and I were trying to get to the bottom of, like, how – Miguel Cabrera found out that Nick Madrigal was out here snitching in these baseball streets about him. Like I thought, like like we picture a world where Nick Madrigal stops the game and he just like points, like he's cheating. Hey. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Stop it! That's like, not sudden, fair. I don't know why he's Adam Harris all of a sudden. Stop it! Um, that was weird to me, like how that became a thing, and you know, and you're just jealous because you don't have anyone in the media that looks out for you the way that beat reporter looked out dude. for Miguel Cabrera. Um, Herb. <laughs> what was going on with that dude? Yeah, that's not right. That's, that's not, not right. right. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> what a dork. I mean, that. I mean, you come from a place and live in a place in St. Louis that I thought that would be commonplace, where the beat oh. writers are like, "Oh my God, y- Yachty, what's going on?" But I didn't think Detroit was like that. Yeah, I mean, it uh, kind of. It's not that bad, but it can be. But, dude, that is really bad. That's just like, hey, man, they were like two guys on the phone who were best friends and, like, nobody else was in the room, you know? Well, he's been like there. They were just having Miguel a Cabrera's... private conversation. Yeah, Miguel Cabrera's been there forever, and, you know, it's hard not to, you know, have fun when, when he, you're covering him every day. But that was kind of weird, and I appreciate your take, Chris, of uh, you wanting uh, the Sox to have had Miguel Cabrera 10 years ago. That's really oh, yeah. going far out on the limb there, and I appreciate you doing that. But... <laughs> well, well they, they were close, right? I remember, if I rem- yeah. If I remember right, they were pretty close, and then the Tigers just, 
I th- I, th- I think if I remember correctly, they just uh, you know gave a better number or maybe well, they, it was comparable. Want... Or I, I don't the remember the trade exactly. leading up to that. Remember the trade in what was it? Oh eight. And or I think it was 08, but I, that's what it was. Take on Dontrell Willis's contract was it maybe? Yeah, yeah that sounds about right. That's and, what it was. It was a deal. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, but I don't know how that transpired. I don't know why they just can't say, "Hey, let's go to our secondary signs here in this situation," and why it had to be a, a total dumb ass baseball fight with grandstanding, and you know, it was, it was totally ridiculous how, how and, it all happened. And I think Nick is not in the wrong here. You know, and me, I'll gladly take a Nick Magical uh, pound him anytime I can because he was a dumb player initially but he's just following orders he saw something that was not good that he thought was untoward and he let people know like he was taught this is I think it's just a classic misunderstanding where a veteran like Miguel Cabrera can let this youngster's like come on now this really come on we don't do that and uh, Nick was just like, I saw something that they said, if I see this, I should relay it to my pitcher and my catcher. And he's, he's just doing things that he was taught. I have no problem with that. And by the way, whenever a baseball player says, hey, man, we don't do that, they definitely do they that. Did, they way. totally do that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's 100% right. That's like, And I guess you, when they get really defensive about stuff, usually that's what's happening. You know, like, if he just would have let it go, like, oh, he's Madrigal's being stupid about this, whatever, and not thought anything of it, um, maybe this would have just been been a nothing, and it probably is kind of a nothing anyway, but... Well, there's I, a history, he, remember, the Crisale thing, going back yeah. to whatever year was that, was that 2012, Victor maybe? Like, so, yeah, you're talking almost a decade of right. Sox and Tigers and this type of stuff, so I'm, I'm wondering if that's a lingering effect as well. Dude, I, I love it. I, I just, I think sometimes it's so petty... But I think the petty can be really interesting. And like sometimes it's a big eye roll, right? But there are others where it's just, I love it. I love that it adds a little. When the season is so long, you know, like you said earlier, and it's every single day, it's nice to have a little bit of this to kind of break up that monotony of just baseball. Like there's there's a storyline. And I, I think it actually makes everything better. Yeah, I like when teams don't like each other and have. A little beef the Cubs uh, Reds thing the other day I love that Amir was like hey get out of here <laughs> and use some colorful language that I can't use on the radio <laughs> but he was celebrating that he got a person out and he might do it a different way than other people do it but I understood he was just hyped for striking out a guy like Anthony Rizzo in a clutch situation and I don't and Javi going out and give him the middle finger hey man let's go Let's yeah. not like each other while we're on inside in between the white lines, but after grab a beer, whatever, whatever. But yeah, these storylines are what drive baseball forward. Talking with Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill of 670 The Score and the Locked On Sox podcast here on Hit and Run. Um, Herb, why does Tony Larusa keep screwing up? Um, I think he, it's it looks like Moneyball, like Rick wants him to play certain people and Tony keeps on playing this lamb dude and this uh, Larry Garcia guy and this is the part that I hate the most when he does something that we all disagree with with taking lamb down after the fourth inning for pitch runner Billy Hamilton made no sense to me at all zero and then Larry hits a double and Billy scores from first oh see oh look at Tony working the magic oh managing great I'm like, come on now. He got lucky in that regard. It's not about that. It's about what the thought process. Why would you give a guy a start just to remove him after two at-bats? He did this with Yermin. Now he does it with Lamb. It's just so infuriating that he is just, I don't know, like going against, and I'm sure Rick Hahn is pissed that he's playing these guys so much and sitting Andrew Vaughn and Nick Madrigal every once in a while. This is just not smart baseball. I, I mean, there must be a mad, method to his madness where he's trying to ingratiate the guys, get the guys in for a little um, boost of confidence. But what's that doing to Nick Magical and Andrew Vaughn going forward? These are your future. Literally, bump him. It's a good fifth infielder, fourth outfielder. Give him a start every week, but this man's starting every damn day, and it's too much. I'm tired of it. Chris, I, I don't um, – I'm listening to Herb. And yeah, that's what all, I do. All, yeah. All, all, all I can all I can think is, 
maybe he has finally you know come off that ridiculous idea that managers don't matter that much. Oh no, you no, know? he'll never he'll never admit that no. publicly or privately. Um, <laughs> Neither will I. <laughs> you know, I'm glad you brought this up, Chris, because like I, I think you and I are, are like-minded in, in this regard because we. You know, Herb too, but we watched Ozzie Guillen for so many years and how many times did he get pounded for that quote unquote Sunday lineup? And, you know, people got so mad at, at, at certain guys starting, like, you know, Pablo Ozuna starting a couple times a week. But Ozzie, like any other great manager, knew that you're going to have to rely on these guys a ton for the entire 162 game season. So I'm wondering if there's a little bit of method to the madness there in terms of getting guys involved early. While you're you're still you're you're doing a little better than treading water. They're four over 500 right now. So you're getting these guys in the mix early, getting them in involved in key situations and games. And look, I can't justify not starting your two you know first round draft picks more often. Like that's a bit odd. But I think there is you know you can justify seeing a, a variety of guys in there in in big spots because when you're playing games that matter and it's a tight race now. I, I agree with you. I don't think the Royals will be there. At the at the very end of this thing, and I think the Twins will still have uh, their say when, before this thing's out. But you know, I, I think you're going to rely on a ton of these guys over the course of the year, and you want to make sure that they're they've all gotten uh, high leverage at bats, high leverage innings pitched, so you know who you can count on, or better better yet, who you can't count on uh, in the stretch run. Kansas City right now has a run differential of plus six. And they lead the division, and the White Sox are right behind them. And do you, off the top of your head, know what their run differential is? I, I know it. I looked it up, yeah. but It's, it's a lot. It's plus 33. Yeah. And it is, they are tied with one other team, no, two other teams, at plus 33, the Dodgers and the Astros. And that's the, that is the best number in baseball. And it's not always indicative of a team that's the best – but, it, I mean, you can look at that and you could say, all right, well, things are going to even out here a little bit. Kansas City is just winning way too many close ball games. That's going to start to even out as the season goes on. And you would think that scoring 33 more runs than you've given up, it means you're eventually going to inch up and, and get to the top of the division. But we're only through one month. So it, what we've seen in the first month of this season, how true do you think it actually is? I don't think Kansas City is this team at all. I think by the time we hit September, Kansas City is going to be sitting at like 70 wins. They're going to be like 70 and 92. They're going to regress to the team that they we all thought they were. They're doing some things well right now. But like you said, they're winning close games, barely blowing a team out. And those things are going to come back to bite them at the end and be the team that they are. The White Sox are doing some things fundamentally great. They're top 10 in hitting in most of the categories. The most impressive one? On base, you would never think with all the stuff that we had to go through all the years, the White Sox would just be swinging wildly and not walking, that they would be leading the league in on-base percentage and top 10 and slugging without hitting all these home runs. That's amazing. And they're doing the good things fundamentally to lead to success later on down the line. And that's why I think Kansas City is fool's gold. Enjoy your lead right now. We're coming for it. Yeah, I, I think Herb, Herb's right in that regard because their run differential is only plus six. So when you look at run differential, that's an easy number you can look at and see how lucky have you been. You know, the, the Sox, like, it's, their run differential being at 33 shows that, yeah, they're a good team. And, and by and large, they're going to score more runs than you day in and day out. They just maybe run into a ba bad luck here or there or, you know, one one you know, inning either way in a given direction, and it could determine a win or loss on, on a different day, and there maybe the record would be slightly improved in, in that way. But, yeah, the Royals being at only plus six, that, that shows that they've been a, a bit lucky, but I think a luck is a huge part of, of you know, where you're going to be at the end of the year because when this thing is all said and done, and I think the White Sox will be able to hold everyone off and, and win the division, but when it's all said and done, you look at these games that the Twins have lost to the Royals mm -hmm. in this first month. And I think that's going to be a huge deciding factor in, in where the Twins place in this thing. And sometimes it's all about luck. It's like, who do you play and when do you play them? And, you know, the, the Twins have not shown up like most people thought, but the fact that they've played a hot Royals team a ton and the Indians as well, I think that'll that'll be a big deciding factor here in this division. Yeah, and, and Herb, I know that um, whenever a team, the White Sox take a loss, uh, you always say that, hey, these games count just as much mm -hmm. as they count at the end of the season. 
And you're right about that. I, th- I think the only difference is that when you get deeper into the year, you get into September, you don't have time to make up these bad losses. So when games get given away, like um, leaving in Lucas Giolito a little bit too long and not recognizing that he's tired and that you need to take him out and then you end up losing a ball game because of it, it's maddening, it's frustrating, and it's a loss that you take in the moment, but you still do have time to make it up. You just you hope those mistakes don't happen much more as the season goes on. Yeah, and that's true. And I feel that way about the Minnesota Twins. All those games that we've seen Alex Colomay blow so far, and some of them not his fault, faulty defense out there in Oakland, and, of course, the Oakland Magic when you play out there at the Coliseum happens. So to, for the White Sox to be five and a half games clear of them right now feels really great because they count. And to have that cushion going into May feels good because you know the White Sox are playing good ball, but they're not winning at their peak. And Minnesota will win eventually. They will come back and be the team that we thought they will be. But having this nice cushion matters. It works out. And to have them losing games in April that we thought, hmm, they're playing a nice, easy schedule. They should be at where we're at at the same time when we start May. No, it's very good to see them struggling and scuffling and having internal uh, turmoil because we know that that is our main competition. This Kansas City thing, come on now. That's not going to last. Maybe Cleveland. I know Tanny is a big-time proponent, and we've seen Cleveland play the White Sox tough. And every time they're on the mound, like that Class A thing, Oof. golly, 100-mile-per-hour cutter? Like, how? Oh. Well, like why? Why can you do that? <laughs> Let's not get to that Karen Check Class A thing. Those are the people who are going to be at the end of the year. And if you can hang losses on them in April and May, those are going to at the end of the year where you, we thought it's going to be within games of Minnesota and the White Sox, that's going to be the difference. Yeah, and even yeah. Phil Matone yesterday, the guy made his major league debut, and all of a sudden, oh, here's a guy that's throwing unhittable stuff from an odd angle. Like, that's why I'm, I'm always going to be a believer that Cleveland's going to hang around, and yesterday's game was a perfect example of that because, you know, McKenzie looked awesome for the few, first few innings until he just lost control. It was not anything the White Sox did to break him or anything. He just, he lost the feel, and, you know, he but was But the good at bats, though, Tanny, in the no, back they, in the they past, they would, have, they would not have walked. And I think the White Sox this year, they're on bases because they're patient to the plate. And if you can give that credit to our guy, hey, it's Frank Minakino. Hey, we're hey, uh, how you doing? on Frank base Minikino. percentage guys now. Come on now. <laughs> That'll be great. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, you look at the Sox offense, too. Like, they're, they're 26 in the league in home runs. They've only hit 24 home runs as a team this year. And for them to be, you know, top five in, in, in walks, you know, or sorry, top seven in walks, but first in OBP, like we were talking about. Like, that's that's amazing because you have to feel like this team is going to eventually hit the ball out of the ballpark. You know, you, you saw it a little bit yesterday with T.A., which I'm sure we'll, we'll get to here. But, yeah, there's there's some encouraging signs here, and I, and I think there's still a lot of room uh, for this team to, to get better. And, and I think hopefully a month from now we won't be talking about this Royals thing as much. Yeah, you did mention it real quick, and we, we've uh, got to hit a break here in a second, but um, the fact that they have not really hit for that much power yet, that is one thing that people who are observing from the outside look at as maybe a reason the offense isn't going to end up as good as it's been so far because they haven't done that. I, I do hope that the power comes as, as the season goes on and the weather uh, warms up. But real quick, guys, before we go, should Michael Kopech be in this rotation right now? Yes, I think so. I'm a big-time proponent of not babying guys. I understand the long-term ramifications. White Sox in a championship window right now. He is one of the best pitchers in the American League, if not major leagues. We saw him yesterday. Cleveland didn't see him yesterday at all. So that's what I'm talking about. You need to utilize. And I know Dylan Cease had a good start his last time. But is that going to be the Dylan Cease we're going to see all the time? If it is... Michael can wait a little bit, but I don't think it's going to be the Dylan Cease we're seeing all the time. I know that this Michael Kopech is here to stay, maybe not at the level that he's at, but pretty elite. Uh, right now, absolutely not. Uh, I think it's it's unnecessary now for him to be in the starting lineup, especially this last turn through the rotation. Everyone's done their jobs, and this is a weird thing because not everyone pitches 
better on extra rest. Like you're asking not only Michael Kopech to to change his routine, but also all the other guys in the rotation as well. Having said that, though, by September, I would like to see Michael Kopech in the rotation. I don't think you have to do it now. I think you have a nice luxury here. If everyone continues to pitch the way they should, you'll be able to sprinkle them in sort of how they did yesterday. But in a, in a short series, like I, I think I want Giolito's my game one. And maybe Lynn is game two, but Kopech needs to get in, in that first series because the, the stuff is electric. And I worry about a Dallas Keuchel start in the postseason where maybe you, you have a little bad luck and you get babbit to death. Or what we saw yes, you know, on Friday, you know, he loses the feel and all of a sudden, you know, he, he walks the yard on you. Um, and then all of a sudden you're, you're getting the high contact rate against him and that you have a disaster of, 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 of a playoff game there. So I would like to see him in the rotation when it matters the most. And I know all the games matter, but by the end of the year, I want them to be able to say Michael Kopech can give us five, six innings in a postseason game. Love Guys, Walk I the love Yard. It's a great movie. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Herb, I, see, that, that's what I miss. I miss all of those things. Thank you for being with me today. I love you both. Thank you, Ronji. Love, you, love you, too. That's uh, Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill, producers on the score. Um, but maybe most importantly, they are the hosts of the Locked on Sox podcast, and they record every day during the week, not on weekends. Some people need days off. When we come back, we're going to talk to um, a really great Twitter account, great social media follow, uh, Cespedes Family Barbecue, uh, Jordan Schusterman. He is of that, and he will join us next right here on Hit and Run on the Score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.